0: Over the past few weeks, we've been studying repentance, and just a quick review of where we've been. Uh, We've had uh, lessons on David and his need for repentance, King David. We've had uh, Jonah, one of God's prophet, need of repentance. And last week, we saw God's own people and how they needed repentance, This week we switch to the New Testament and God's word uses a parable this week to show the people show us and show us the people that need repentance. Though this be a parable, I think if you really thought about it, it could be a real life situation too. So as we look at these familiar passages of Scripture, which is Luke chapter, Fifteen verses 11 through 31 and I invite you to follow along in the, your pew Bibles uh, <clears throat> as we go through those verses. This is a very familiar passage of scripture. It's about the prodigal son and, <clears throat> and his older son. Uh, we often see these two brothers as being very different but I would challenge that there's a lot of things that are very similar. But before we look at these brothers' actions and their responses, let's look at what the parable centers around, which is inheritance. And I was just thinking about what inheritance is. When we think of inheritance, we usually think that of what we receive upon our parents' death the people that are still living, what they receive. Most of the time it's possessions, but it also can be more than that. It, it's a transfer of one's values, standards, and convictions also. And it should also be something that reflects the giver of those, that inheritance. What isn't it? It is not something we demand. Control or are entitled necessarily entitled to. It is a gift. So as we go through this parable, I hope we can just look at inheritance from a, maybe a little bit different perspective, and see <clears throat> how these brothers' understanding or their lack of understanding affected how they reacted to their inheritance. So let's take a look at the brothers. First, I'd like to look at the younger brother, his actions, and then the older brother, and his actions come back to the younger brother, his response, come to the older brother's uh, response, and then finally look at a little bit of the father's response to them. So as we look at these verses, Chapter, or chapter 15, verse 12, clearly demonstrates that they didn't understand inheritance. The first thing we see in, in verse 12 is that the younger son demanded his inheritance. He didn't go to the father graciously asking, he demanded his inheritance. He didn't understand that it was a gift. He understood it as something that he was completely entitled to and that he should have control of and that he should be able to use any way he wants. The second thing I see in his attitude is an attitude of selfishness and me mentality. And I'm sure none of us can relate to that, but uh, he already had thought through what he was going to do with his inheritance. He intended to spend it lavishly, and he intended to spend it completely on himself. He didn't have any respect for his father. Thirdly, I see that he didn't have any respect for his father and all that he had acquired through his lifetime and, and just squandered it all. He was an extremely poor reflection of what his father stood for. He clearly didn't understand scripture and, and God's word that says honor thy father and mother. If he had had a clear understanding of the inheritance, truly loved his father, he would have graciously accepted what his father was going to give him and used it in a way that would have honored his father. So as we look at these actions of the first son we probably can see some pretty blatant sin. We can see a disrespect for his father, we can see selfishness, we can see greed, so we can see the sinner the younger son. But before we get all ready to throw him under the bus for his blatant sin, Let's take a look at the second son, and we have to drop down to verse twenty-nine to start looking at what the second son's actions were. In verse twenty-nine, the old tells us that the older son was a hard-working, obedient, and respectful son. And when you first look at that, that looks pretty good. Looks. Looks like a son that, an all-American boy, a son that a father would love to have. But when we look at his heart, we see that he has some of the same issues as the younger son. Verse 28 tells us that after the younger son came back, the older son became angry when he found out that his brother was back. And that there was a celebration. He showed his selfishness and me mentality just like the younger son. He wasn't concerned about his younger son. He was concerned about himself. Verse 29 talks about his father pleading with him to come in and celebrate with him but it was met with a demanding attitude that he be honored for what he had done over the course of his years. So he was focused on his self-righteousness. He was focused on his hard-working, obedient person that he was. Instead of putting aside his me mentality, he. focused on that focused it on focused on that and rather than focusing on the fact that his brother had turned his attitude and his life around. Thirdly, he too shows that he had disrespect for his father. He was obedient, but he was only obedient to a point. Because when his father pleaded with him to come in and celebrate with him, he re- he refused <clears throat> so after that decision to refuse to come in and celebrate he was left with only bitterness and anger so both of these brothers needed repentance not just the one with the blatant sin the one with the sin that maybe not wasn't so evident So how do we see ourselves in these brothers? Do our actions towards God come across as demanding, selfish, or disrespectful? Colossians 1, 12 through 14, God has given us an eternal inheritance through our repentance and the sending of His Son to die on the cross for us. How do we accept this great inheritance? As I was looking at these, some of the thoughts that came to my mind was when am I I demanding of the things of God? If things are going my way, maybe I'm not so demanding. When am I selfish towards God with my time? When I have time to do the things of God? Not so much. But when time interferes with what I want to do, do I become selfish and want to do what I want to do? How about disrespect? Again, when God doesn't come through with the way we might think he should, do we have a better idea? Are we the ones that want to put our place in and replace God? These are hard questions because there's a lot of times that I see myself in those situations. When God doesn't answer that prayer in the time you want him to or how you want him to, to still trust in and believe that God's in complete control, supreme over all things is hard to do. But it's at that point in time that I need to repent. Instead of grumbling or disrespecting or, or being selfish or demanding, I should joyfully, thankfully be a reflection of Jesus and, and the one that gives that inheritance. So let's take a look at the first brother's response. We jump back to verse 17 and after his inheritance was gone, after he had taken everything his father had given him and squandered it, he was left to eat with the pigs. And I can't imagine being at that point in my life where all I had to do was eat what the pigs got to eat. But I'm sure there's many times that people are at a very low point in their life. But what do we see How do we see this son come back? He comes back with a humble heart. He says that he doesn't even want to be considered a son. He just wants to be forgiven. He has come completely to the end of himself and realizes that his only opportunity to rescue himself from where he's at in his present situation It's to come back to the Father. He has a very, very repentant heart. And God has worked in his heart to change his heart. He repents and accepts his Father's forgiveness. So not only does he say that he's sorry, but he puts those words into action. He goes back to the Father with a very repentant heart. Pastor Lloyd and Pastor Ryan have been talking about repentance and how it's a turning. It's a turning. It's a process of turning away from sin. And I think this is a beautiful portrayal of what that looks like. You can pretty much envision the sun making a 180 degree turn from where he is eating a pig's food and turning around and heading back to the father. He needed repentance and he received forgiveness. So let's look at the older brother's response. Verse 28, He remains angry. He continues to focus on himself and compares his self-righteousness to his brother's mistakes. He doesn't spend any time celebrating the fact that his brother has come back and wanted to make things right, but he wants to idolize himself. Even after the father assures him that all that the father has will be his, he refuses to surrender his hard heart and repent. So, the first son squandered the father's inheritance but that didn't mean that there wasn't something left for the other older son but yet that wasn't enough for him he had he remained hard-hearted and unrepentant this this parable does not tell us but what we what we do know of we this parable does not tell us for sure but what we know we can assume that he remained unrepentant, which is the saddest of all. Hebrews 3.15 says, Today if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. He too turned. He turned away from the father and headed the other way. So instead of accepting his father's forgiveness, He refused to repent and lived in a sin. So the real difference between these brothers was not necessarily their actions, but their acknowledgement of their need for repentance and their decision to seek repentance and accept forgiveness. It's the difference between receiving eternal inheritance or eternal condemnation. To live in your sin. Will lead you to hell. It is the same for us too. We all need repentance. A humble heart, a humble attitude, a changed heart, a right spirit. I will not reject, says the Lord. So let's take a quick look at the Father's actions and response. Three things that I see from the Father first of all, He never gave up hope for His Son. If you look at those verses when his, father, when his son came back, he was waiting for him, and he received him in open arms. <clears throat> we see a father that accepted his son's repentant heart, forgave him with no strings attached, no hoops to jump through. For him, it was just pure forgiveness, completely Unconditional what do we see in the forgiveness that we share with others? Is it conditional or is it unconditional? Do we force people to jump through hopes, hoops to uh, attain that forgiveness? Or do we forgive them unconditionally? The last thing that I see from the Father is that he loved the older son by promising all inherit all of his inheritance to him and going going out to him to bring him in to the celebration even though he did not respond with a repentant heart. So for us, for me, to forgive and love somebody that hasn't necessarily repented or maybe hasn't repented the way I think they should is really tough. But God's love is no different for the younger son or the older son. It's the same. So what about us? Whether we find ourselves demanding, disrespectful, self-centered, self-righteous, We all need to have a repentant heart. Ask forgiveness for our sins. Accept the Father's unconditional love and eternal forgiveness and inheritance which he has promised. A humble heart leads to repentance which leads to forgiveness which leads to eternal life. A hard heart leads to unrepentance which leads to eternal hell which are you going to choose? This parable talked about repentance, but I think it's also an incredible example of God's love to us. So yes, this was a parable, but the lessons that we can take from it are life-giving. We all need repentance. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this wonderful parable that points us to you. And Lord, that's all that you want is for us to come to you with a humble heart, repentant heart, so that you can lead us and guide us and direct us. Help us to have soft hearts. Help us to examine our hearts to see where we need to repent and ask forgiveness. We thank you for this series on repentance. May it be a reminder of the cost that you paid at Calvary for our sins. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.